the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome in. Hi, I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing more. Not talking bracketology. Good God, does ESPN try to milk that, right? Uh, you just, you go, Let's see what's on sports. And it's like, hey, here's my picks for the 64. That's some guy you've never heard of, and then it's a couple months later. Hey, here's my pick for the 64. Today is one of my favorite days. Why is it one of my favorite days? Because as a math lover, it's easy to get excited. It's National Pie Day. A day that celebrates March 14th, 3.14. It's kind of like May the 4th, Star Wars Day. But better, March the 14th. So you go back and you start remembering your geometry classes from high school. And I was actually good at geometry, like really good. Calculus, eh, not so much. Trigonometry, fine. But pi is the ratio of the circumference of a circle to its diameter. Piday.org says people have calculated pi to more than one trillion digits beyond the decimal point. I know you're saying, why is there an organization that represents pi? A numeric number. Um, According to surveys, one in five Americans have no idea what pi is. But more than half of Americans plan to celebrate today. That doesn't sound right to me. It sounds like a little bit fishy. It sounds like piday.org is kind of buttering up those numbers. Um, so how does one celebrate the day of pie? Well, 43% will eat pie or pie-themed food. Uh, 16% of people will post about it on social media. 15% will jog or walk 3.14 miles. There's a lot of Whole Foods. You get $3.14 off any large bakery pie. Ooh. Kohl's. You can shop for online deals on pie, bakeware, and accessories. I know you can't make this up, right? Godfather's Pizza. $3 off a large pizza. Not quite pie 
other than it's a pizza pie, right? So believe it or not, today is National Pie Day, and I will not bring that up again. In large part because you don't care. I'm now angry because I wanted to celebrate my love of pie with you. My favorite pie chart is how much pie I've eaten. And you don't care. I can hear the audio dials clicking. You're not you're not faking that you're not passing that off on me. But there's deals, 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 deals. Boston Market, you can gobble down a free chicken pot pie. With Whoa. any purchase of meal. Thank you. Now, now you're getting behind me. Um, Marie Collender's slice up a fresh lemon and merengue pie for eight ninety nine. That doesn't sound like a very good deal. So, I know you're saying drop it. Blaze Pizza, who is owned co-owned uh, co-founded by uh, LeBron James, you can land any pizza pie for three dollars and fourteen cents today. So that's where that's that's a nice one. I'm, I'm with that one. But okay. So I'm not buttering you up on the pie, right? How about I butter you up on butter? Right? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, a major food distributor is starting to see that people are more and more into butter than ever before. Uh, butter. It's having a moment right now. Americans are forecast to eat a whopping 8% more of the stuff than last year. We eat 940,000 metric tons, which is almost the weight of three Empire State Buildings. It's an artery-clogging, glorious day when we talk about butter having a revival. Um, Once it was reviled as public health enemy number one, but now it's being pitched as a more wholesome alternative to margarine and trans fats. So just go out and think that for a little bit. Um, dieting with butter, not a good idea. Um, the cost of butter is going up and up at this point in time. So it's pretty expensive uh, to pull off the butter at a budget kind of price. It's $2.19 pound. Butter's popularity soared in the first half of the 20th century when supplies were plentiful. But during World War II, there were shortages. And that's when margarine kind of had its day. So um, when you take a look um, at fast foods, you know, butter's a little bit more expensive than some of the other choices. So you see that as a play. Wendy's uh, switched entirely to butter for potato topping, but customers weren't happy, so it didn't melt as fast as their previous spread. So they're going back with their old substance (laughs) made of soybean oil, coconut oil, and butter. Yum. So, <laughs> National Pie Day and Americans are eating more butter. I know what you're thinking. Rob, you haven't really planned much for the show today. Yes, I have. Um, interest rates, snowstorm, big snowstorm happened, right? And the Federal Reserve is saying, okay, you can attend the meeting that goes on today and tomorrow by video if need be. So, the Federal Reserve is going to raise the cost of borrowing tomorrow it's expected and it'll be the second time since December Um, so Wall Street's almost certain of that another month of strong hiring in February one better than expected 235,000 jobs were created 
Um, so the two-day meetings is um, looking ahead, better business conditions and signs of inflation in consumer goods could prompt the U.S. Central Bank to hike borrowing costs four times this year instead of the three that they anticipated back in December. So Fed rate increases intend to keep the economy from overheating. Uh, one of the things that hopefully the Federal Reserve has kind of grasps is you don't have to rush it. You could do it you know, three a year, four a year, and you don't have to do 10 a year. So in Fed rate hikes dating back to 1962, the types of large company stocks that shine in a Fed rate hiking environment are technology, energy, industrial, transportation. They're cyclical because they do well when the economy is on an up swing, on an up cycle. Um, you want to, in my opinion, think about some cash plays because you're now getting paid to throw money in the bank or into a bond. But which ones do you consider? Top yield on a savings bank, you know, it, it's probably around one, one and a quarter percent if you look at bankrate.com. So even if the Fed's boost rates three more times this year, you're only looking at 1.75 or 2%. But it does help savers. It's not much. It's, I'd like to see it at 3 or 4%. Um, but cash isn't about big returns. Cash is about safety. And cash is about having a stash of it for emergencies. So um, cash is trash when you have a low interest rate environment. In a rising rate environment, you want to be careful on what bonds you go after because bonds fall. Uh, for buy and hold investors, you would stress you know, the focus on any bond purchased outright can be held to maturity. So as long as you don't sell the bond when the prices fall and yields rise. So another way to avoid losses in bonds would be to angle after short maturities, such as two-year treasury notes instead of a longer-term one. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. That's 800-516-1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. Big storm hitting the Northeast today, and believe it or not, does have a big play on Wall Street. Clearly, get companies like Home Depot and Lowe's. You're going to sell a lot of salt and shovels. And when you're in stores, you may go, oh, I'll take a soda, too. And start running up a tap there. Maybe you find that you like the home improvement angle. Maybe it's water damage. Um, you get the idea. There will be some supply side that gets disrupted. 
agricultural goods that go into things like soup and Campbell soup. Campbell soup has come out and said, you know, extreme weather could hurt us, but we'll get back on track. Um, we've hit some pretty big weather conditions in the state of California this year. And believe it or not, you've seen Campbell soup say, uh, that has helped our carrot quality. So Sherwin Williams, obviously a big play as well. Um, a lot of corporate America, they talk a little bit, they hide a little bit, they whine a little bit if there's a big weather storm. It's a way of saying, it's not our fault, it was the weather. So there's obviously the supply side, things get disrupted. The demand side, things are coming into demand huge, huge. Utilities are by far the number one play when you start thinking winter storm. Um, people, you know, bundle in and they say, uh, we demand more energy products. You know, we're bundled in. We want more fire. We want more coal. We want more oil and gas to heat our homes. Uh, and they consume. Now that could be a weather adjustment where you see, you know, kind of a spike. Uh, retailers in weather related situations are often hit on the demand side. Some, you know, worse than others. Uh, to get a big winter storm in March, companies like TJ Maxx and clothing retailers are probably thinking, hey, it's March. We better be ready for spring. We better have some short shorts and some crop tops, some capri pants or what have you. We got to supply that way. And then, oh boy, we actually need winter coats, right? Uh, the winter coats went on sale last month and... uh can't really do much there, but also they lose foot traffic. So snow has a play in portfolios, and it sounds silly, and it is kind of silly, but uh, it is what it is. So stocks, I want to throw this out there, have kind of been hit at the start of this year. Not at the start of this year, uh, at the start of this month, as we realize the Federal Reserve is going to raise interest rates. And it's not something that was hidden. We've been talking about it over the last two years, where the Federal Reserve said, we want to do it two or three times, they do it once. We want to do it two or three times, they do it once. Um, now they are kind of marching up those interest rates on us. And you take a look at the 10-year Treasury, which I haven't looked at in a while, um, because it hasn't been the story. But it's getting ready to become the story. Uh, so the Dow's had a big run from you know, 19,600 to 20,000 to 21,000. Now it's 200 points below that. Crude oil had a big run from $35 a barrel to $54 a barrel. Now it's pulled back. So crude oil and companies like ExxonMobil are down about 10% for the year. Uh, so they're starting some winners that were carrying us there for a while are starting to become a little bit on the loser side. In corporate coverage, Herbalife, um, Citigroup began coverage on Herbalife um, at neutral. Now, Herbalife is one of those companies that there's a lot of people who hate it, a lot of people who like it, and it's kind of a civil war, and I'm a big fan that nobody wins in the civil war. Brothers kill brothers. Now, Herbalife isn't brothers killing brothers, but it's too dramatic for me. So I'm like, okay, let's go somewhere else. Uh, FedEx got 
coverage today. Wells Fargo initiated coverage of FedEx at an outperform, citing growth opportunities from its TNT Express acquisition. Um, I'm a fan of FedEx. Now, the big negative on FedEx down the road will be companies like Amazon opening up their own distribution centers and buying more planes. Um, you know, what's a boom for FedEx could start becoming less gasoline. So, to fuel that fire, I like FedEx. Don't directly own it, but I'd consider it if the price was right. Bob Barker, don't forget to spade and neuter your pets. And, uh, I got a special spade and neutering spork for Christmas if anyone needs me to work on their pets. I know. Fido says a spork. Yes, part spoon, part fork. So Mobileye was in the news yesterday when Intel basically said, we're jumping in. And they jacked up the price and bought the company for about $15 billion. You still have to go through Department of Justice and things along those lines. So very limited upside at this point in time. In fact, there's probably downside because Intel... Uh, has the money to up the bid and kind of stave off competition if need be. Uh, Disney in the news. The House of the Mouse. The House of the Rat. Speaking of which, my rat's back. I know you're saying, you've got rats? Yes, I do. So, I live near... I live near a mountain and near water and near a creek. Also live near a desert and live near snow, just to confuse you about where I live. But sometimes a rat will uh, poke its head out and uh, he's trying to get at me. He comes to me every day at 3.30 in the morning. And uh, he scratches and nibbles. So, uh, the house of the mouse. So, Mickey Mouse is a big rat in my mind. Uh, they own ABC, ESPN. They own Pixar. They own Marvel. They own Lucasfilm. Got an upgrade to a buy rating today from Guggenheim. Now, there's a lot of caution about ESPN networks, and it's expected that ESPN's going to do another big round of layoffs. Um, they already had to try to get Chris Berman to leave, but he was sitting on the toilet and he wouldn't leave. He's like, I'm not coming out. And I'm like, Chris, your NFL career's over. I'm not coming out. If you ever want to see something great, uh, watch Chris Berman on YouTube freak out. And that's all you have to write down is ESPN Chris Berman freak out. Um, I love it when TV personalities yell at the people helping them look good. Love it, love it, love it, love it. I love it, I love it, I love it. So Disney shares have appreciated recently. I own shares at Disney. But Guggenheim says they see strong upside, relatively conservative estimates, and anticipate, uh, they anticipate uh, valuation, multiple expansion. You know what I see? Star Wars Episode Eight. It's coming out this December. And then you know what? I see the Harrison Ford movie, and another Marvel film, and a Thor film, and a Pixar film, and Cars. Oh, make it stop. Anyway, I think Disney goes higher. I think they're locked and loaded. Oh, and they also raised prices for their parks. And guess what? People are paying for it. Oh, and they also raised like special uh, ways to get into the rides quicker. Oh, and guess what? People pay for it. Call 
Scott Black now. 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. It's that time Patrick O'Hare comes on promoting briefing.com. Briefing.com, great source for independent news, domestic and international. Um, great idea generator, value stock, growth stocks. You got a little bit of it all tied to the economy as well. How are you, Mr. O'Hare? Hey, Rob. I'm doing uh, doing well. Thank you. So it's that time. We look at the Federal Reserve and Janet Yellen, and we try to guess is she carrying her briefcase one way or the other so that we know definitively or not that she's going to raise interest rates yet. It seems like we already know that she's going to raise interest rates. Uh, is it already cooked into the, the market, or could there be a surprise today uh, tomorrow? Well, I think really the only surprise would be if they did not raise uh, the target range for the Fed funds rate. Um, you see in the Fed funds futures market right now that there's uh, a 95% probabil- <clears throat> excuse me, probability that's priced in for an actual rate hike uh, tomorrow. And I think that the Fed is uh, certainly cognizant that it wants to take advantage of that um, rate hike opportunity that the, the market is affording it. Um, so... Um, so I do think that they they, they will do that. Um, the question is uh, for the market, you know, what will its uh, dot plot show? You know, will it continue to uh, reiterate this projection that there will likely only be three rate hikes in 2017, or or will it pick up a notch and maybe suggest the possibility of four rate hikes uh, before the end of the year? Uh, if it's the latter, I don't think the market will uh, respond too kindly to that. Um, if it's the former, I think the market could take it in stride um, or, you know, at best, or at worst, maybe see a little bit of a sell-the-news uh, response to that indication. And what's your expectation? Do you think um, Do you think the market digests it and kind of says, we kind of knew that was there? Or do you think today's going to be a little bit more problem, or tomorrow's going to be a little bit more problematic? Uh, or you just don't know, you'll wait and see? Well, there's also something else going on around this Fed meeting uh, that's okay. emanating out of Washington as well, right? And it's the whole health care reform issue. That's right. So kind of like separating noise from signaling is a little bit challenging right now because, look, the market has this rate hike priced in. It knows it's coming. Um, and uh, But the what it doesn't know right now with any certainty is if the health care reform uh, package will – uh, you know what that's ultimately going to look like in its final form, and when it could be implemented, uh, or at least voted or approved. And with that uncertainty looming there, there's obviously the concomitant uncertainty about tax reform. And I think that's really what's bothering the market more today uh, and in recent weeks, uh, more so than this idea that the Fed might be raising rates at tomorrow's meeting. I think you can see a little bit of that uh, uh, concern uh, brewing in some of the cyclical sectors, which have been leadership groups uh, and are the, uh, I guess, the the focal point, if you will, for the so-called uh, Trump trade. Uh, and that Trump trade seems to be fading a bit here in March uh, after going so strong for so long. But, but really, um, you know, if you look within the market, you have the the materials, the uh, industrials, um, the energy names. You know these are 
These are groups that have lagged the market uh, in March. As well, from a broader standpoint, you have the small cap oriented Russell 2000, uh, which has not done so hot in, in March and is actually now negative year to date with today's losses. So uh, some interesting action uh, going on beneath the surface, which would suggest that uh, perhaps a little bit of that faith in the Trump trade is starting to fade here uh, and that the market is anxious to to uh, hear less partisan rancor and to hear more agreement that ultimately paves the way toward the tax reform package that it uh, desperately wants. It feels to me as if the Republicans are starting to fray a little bit, much like the Democrats frayed a little bit under the first two years of President Barack Obama uh, before he was able to get some legislation done that he was comfortable with or pushed uh, or voted in with. I don't want to get too political, but it feels like the politics is uh, kind of starting to work against Trump, and that seems to be a play on Wall Street, kind of like you mentioned. Um, Changing topics, if we could. Um, Big snowstorm in New York. Does that ever factor into your your thought patterns on investing uh, maybe a week or quarter because people are snowed in, or it's just a snowstorm, you're used to them in Chicago, and we'll clean up tomorrow? Yeah, um, well, it, it doesn't factor in at all from an investing standpoint. I think you could maybe factor it somewhat into a trading uh, dynamic, um, maybe perhaps, okay. you know, trading conditions are a little thinner than they would be normally, a little bit easier to push the market around. And that and that rings true for uh, pushing a market up as well as pushing a market down. And I think the fact that we are looking at a market that's down at the moment um, uh, could be partly related to some of the thin trading conditions, which makes it a e- little bit easier to move it down, but it's a little bit easier to move it down right now because the tenor of the headlines right now uh, isn't so um, so super, you know, and I think there's uh, a lot of uncertainty tied up into the lead headlines uh, at the moment, which include the continued fall in oil prices as, um, you know, today it's reported that Saudi Arabia increased its production in February versus January, so starting to get a few cracks in the idea that, uh, you know, OPEC uh, may not adhere to its you know, production cuts or uh, that it's not going to uh, extend those production cuts. Um, you know, you have some saber rattling from North Korea, which is not out of the norm. You usually have that, but it's just coming at, obviously, this more anxious time. Um, and, and, you know, then you have the election that's going to take place in the Netherlands um, tomorrow, uh, which could possibly, you know, create some upset in the European Union um, if uh, the populist leader or the populist party there uh, gets, you know, a decent number of of seats. Um, And so so there's really just a lot kind of like, a lot out there that uh, I termed yesterday a bunch of gray areas, uh, much like the skies above New York City and Chicago, kind of gray. (laughs) And and you just don't uh, know the outcome of those factors. So after a big run in the market, I think people are starting to step back a bit uh, and maybe take some money off the table and just kind of waiting to see how things play out here. It was fun while it lasted, the Trump trade. I'd check my portfolio at lunch. I'd be like, ooh, just four more days and I could retire. Right. <laughs> not quite, not quite, but it's in that vein. Um, anything else that you're working on right now that you want to bring to our attention as far as uh, enlightening work? Well, I'm going to be updating uh, Briefing.com's market view this week, um, so I'll be publishing that to the big picture column. Um, you know, and, and coming into the year, you know, I wasn't all that uh, uh, excited about 
things, uh, to be honest, uh, because we had had such a strong run that was predicated more on hope than fundamentals. And and my concern here right now is that the market has gotten too far ahead of itself, really, in, um, in pricing in the Trump trade. And, uh, you know, you have um, some pretty high PE multiples right now. And, uh, and from my vantage point, I think the the honeymoon period for the Trump administration is over. Um, and it's really now time for less talk and more action there on the political front. And as we've discussed here in today's interview, I mean, the headlines right now um, create some angst that maybe that the passage of these major initiatives uh, won't happen so easily, or, or maybe not at all. You know, who knows? But, uh, but that's kind of upset the market a little bit here, and I think it's something that's going to hang over the market uh, as we move into the, uh, into the second quarter. Now you're a better man than me. I already know the answer to this. But when you see someone like Bill Ackman lose $4 billion on Valiant, hedge fund, just super action-oriented, gets on CNBC, good-looking man, uh, smarter than you, and you see him lose $4 billion. You kind of snicker, don't you? Hey, we all I make do. mistakes, right? <laughs> yeah. No, well, you're right. You know, it, 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 is, it is something that, you know, you hear all the time how these, you know, hedge funds are the so-called smart money, and those of us on Main Street are the dumb money, if you will. And, well, frankly, it was a really dumb bet, you know. Um, it did not work out at all. And I think if you're an investor in that hedge fund, you, there's, there's no room to be pleased uh, losing, I don't know, what was it, close to $4 billion on that investment. Um, and I think maybe perhaps uh, pride went before the fall there and uh, maybe violated that uh, mistake of, you know, just doubling down and holding on to things a lot longer than you should have when you should have taken the loss a lot, you know, a long time ago to uh, to cut those losses. So. so you're a little bit kinder than me, but I snicker in large part because it, CNBC, you have to have um, – you go on. I've been on, and you you know you promote your position. You promote it with some strength and some pride. But uh, be careful what you see on financial media because it moves pretty fast, and the memory is very very short. So, in my opinion. So, anything else that you're working on? Uh, you obviously, I think you said oil's a big uh, weak point at this point in time. How about Robert Schiller? Uh, Opposite of Bill Ackman, Schiller's a little bit soft-spoken. He's won a Nobel Prize. Uh, he says market valuations are high. Do you do you agree with him? Yeah, you know, uh, you know, we do think the valuations are stretched here, um, and a lot of good news is priced into the market right now. So we we need really the you know the earnings growth to corroborate um, that pricing and. You know, things are picking up a little bit on the earnings front, but, uh, you know, first quarter estimates have actually been revised lower uh, since the start of the year, uh, which is not surprising, uh, but still hanging up there in a reasonable neighborhood of about 8 or 9%, which wouldn't be bad. But uh, but we do need to see that show up, and it's interesting. You've got, you know, the Atlanta Fed's GDP now model projecting only 1.2% growth in the first quarter, uh, which obviously is really subpar, so it does raise some questions as to whether the gotcha. economy and the earnings growth will live up to those heightened expectations. And so it's something that uh, I'm keeping a close eye on as we get a lot of hard data throughout Perfect. the rest of this week. You can find out more at briefing.com. That's briefing.com. Oh, my God.
Radio.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. I could use a little, kind of like a ladies' night feel here, because I'm kind of feeling a little conversation about women coming up. Um, men and women are different, right? I'm not a big believer that men are from Mars and women are from Venus or whatever. I could just tell you that we're different. Um, we make different investors. We have different needs in investing, different needs in savings. So when I see Ivanka Trump, I'm like, okay, she's different than other women, right? And <laughs> I'm saying she's a robot. I think she might be a, a robot. But more importantly, I think women, they kind of get the worst part of the investing world. They have to save more. They make less. And I think this is a, an important lesson. I saw that by the year 20, by the 23rd century, uh, women and men will be on equal parity as far as invest, as far as, uh, money goes. I'm like, that can't be right, can it? And strangely it is. Um, so I take a look at those kind of things and I, to say the least, it's, it's frustrating. And uh, to give you some, you know, harder examples, per se, it's it's not that tough. So women live longer than men, and they're going to need more money in their nest egg to live off of. Because no one works, in theory, from age 60 to 100. We just get our Social Security. So they live longer. They're going to need money longer. Lower wages and higher medical costs plague retired women. So that puts them at greater risk for financial ruin than men. I'm not chauvinistic. I'm not noble. I'm not anything. Don't label me when I say this, but I think we don't take good enough care of the women in our lives. Uh, my father is a good example where he bought more life insurance on her because she was uh, overweight and he died 25 years plus before she did. She has yet to die. He was gambling that he was going to get a payday. I think. I don't have that answer because he's dead. And I don't believe in psychics. But 70% of nursing home residents are women. And that right there tells you, whoa. There's an imbalance. The average cost of a private nursing home is typically about $90,000 per year. Retired women pay about $600 more per year than men on out-of-pocket health costs. A lot of women, many women, put their family needs before their own security. Wow, working and saving for retirement is not as much of a priority, but it should be. Compounding the issue and making it even worse is that women often have less money than men for the pay that they get. Um, and then their nest egg in retirement, they have a smaller nest egg, and they, they're the ones who are going to need long-term health care. My do- father got uh, had a heart attack in his early 50s, 
they found cancer and they, they took it out of his lungs and then it came back and they said, you know, this time it's going to get you. You'll be dead in three to six months. And he died exactly at six months. Um, women generally earn about 79 cents a dollar uh, that men do. And women spend more time out of the workforce to care for children or aging parents. If you go to a dry cleaner, you'll see that women's clothes are more expensive than men's clothes. Usually, not always. To dry clean. And that's just sexist. Um, I think women need to focus more on their health. I think they need to find advisors who can understand their specific financial needs. I think the financial industry speaks the language of risk tolerance and investments. Whereas I want women to speak the language of uh, protection and security, not being a burden to anyone. They want their money to last as long as possible. According to Social Security, a 65-year-old woman can expect to live to around 86.6 years old. Average male, 84.3. So they're living longer. Women need to stretch money to cover a longer lifespan. And in the course of a longer life, they will incur more health expenses. If you're in a nursing home in 84 and you live another two, three years, that's another $270,000. It's not minuscule. I know you're saying, did you say minuscule instead of minuscule? Yes, I did. I just injected the word man into minuscule because I'm talking about women and I can't take it any longer. How I, I love women. Say that. I love women. I love them, love them, love them, love them, love them. I love it, uh, I love it, I love it. Men created the world. Women refined the world. So very few men are sitting around in nursing homes compared to, to women. And, you know, you got a retirement plan for this case because it happens. Um, a lot of people think, oh, she'll just sell the house when I die. Well, my mother didn't sell the house when my dad died for another 24 years. She wanted to stay there where he was. Um, she didn't want to go back to her home in the South. She didn't want to, you know, anything romantic like that. She kind of wanted to hole up and die or hole up and, like, not do much. So a lot of people think that, oh, she'll spend less now that I'm gone. So women need to take control of their finances for sure. I'm not saying that this is up to the men or the financial planning people of the world. Um, but stay on top of things, all of us, preventative care, general wellness, physical fitness. So gym membership today reduces medical bills later. So when you're not able to walk and take care of yourself and you have to sit around at home, that's expensive. So get a gym membership, far less expensive if you're going to use it. 800-516-1220. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money. On AM 1220, KDOW. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
the explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.